There's practically no limit to what you can learn and see when you belong to the Livingston Library. From science and technology to grads and genealogy, our library is virtually an information galaxy. This library is yours and this library is mine. Even when our doors are closed, we can still help you out of mind. From books, magazines, to music, movies, and TV, this library belongs to you and me. This library belongs to you and me. Greetings and welcome to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. This is our episode for October 2022. I'm Joe from the Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, and coming up in this episode, Jessica will tell us about some of the eagerly awaited books headed our way in October, while Archana will fill us in on some of the programs on our October calendar, Hong Mei will share a special song, and the crew will offer some reader's advisory. But first, since it is Halloween season, I'd like to talk ghost stories. Specifically, library ghost stories, after all, the great state of New Jersey is home to some legendary library ghosts. For example, the public library in Raritan, New Jersey, has been the site of some well-publicized hauntings going back over 25 years. Staff and patrons of that library claim to have experienced unexplained cold spots and witnessed books literally flying off the shelves. Multiple paranormal investigators, including past Livingston Library presenter Laura Hladek Hoffman of the New Jersey Ghost Hunter Society, have reported that these claims are not without merit. Meanwhile, the public library in the town of Bernardsville in Somerset County is home to a famous ghost named Phyllis Parker. You see, during the American Revolution, the building that later housed the Bernardsville Library was then a popular tavern and inn for American soldiers. It was owned by Captain John Parker, who had a 17-year-old daughter named Phyllis. And it was in this tavern that Phyllis met and fell in love with a young physician named Dr. Byram, who had rented a room there. Dr. Byram, however, turned out to be a British spy who was captured by the American army and quickly hanged. Captain Parker agreed to temporarily house the doctor's body until he could receive a proper burial, and Captain Parker hoped to keep this a secret, especially from his poor daughter. But unfortunately, that secret was not kept very long, and Phyllis discovered her dead lover's body in the tavern's back room. Phyllis soon went mad with grief and died herself shortly afterward. Reports of frightful wailing and other paranormal activity were reported in the inn for over a century before the building became Bernardsville's public library in the early 1900s. And the hauntings continued after the library was established. In one incident, a young boy told his mother about a woman in a floor-length dress standing by the fireplace, which happened to be the very spot where Phyllis Parker discovered Dr. Byram's body, though the boy's mother herself saw nothing at all. Library staff also claimed to have felt eerie presences and witnessed poltergeist-like behavior in the building, so much so that filling the night shifts became quite difficult. But did you know that our very own library here in Livingston has been the site of some ghostly encounters? 
there's a good chance you haven't, because according to my research at least, there haven't been any recorded instances of ghosts ever haunting the Livingston Library, nor have any staff members that I've spoken to here ever claimed to have seen one. Until now, that is. You see, I think it's finally time that I tell my story of the Livingston Library ghost. It all started five years ago this month, back in October of 2017. I had just started working at the Livingston Public Library. In fact, this was the first time I'd ever worked in a library. Back then, I worked the night shifts on Mondays and Thursdays, and on one of those Thursday nights during my second week on the job, I had to go down to the basement underneath the youth services wing to get some supplies for a uh, Harry Potter-themed Halloween party we were planning for later that month. Now, the basement beneath the youth services wing, like many other basements, can be a little spooky, especially if you've never been in it before. Though it is actually quite clean for a basement, it is rather cavernous, and if you go down there at night and the lights aren't already on, it is almost completely dark. So on this Thursday in October 2017, I get in the elevator. I'm lowered down into the basement. The elevator door opens, revealing this enormous, almost completely dark room. I step out. The elevator door is closed behind me, and I have no idea where the light switches are. So I turn on the flashlight app on my phone, and I'm waving it around, trying to find the light switches or at least the boxes of Harry Potter-themed props and costumes I'm supposed to bring up. And suddenly, I hear a voice. A low, hoarse whisper, actually. And I'm so startled, I drop my phone, shatter the screen into a cobweb of broken glass, and inadvertently shut off the flashlight app. And I freeze, and I hear the whisper again. But the voice is so ethereal, and I'm so much in shock that I, I can't really make out what it's saying. My overactive imagination interprets it as the name of some kind of Lovecraftian demon, perhaps. Something like Daimonagas. So I, I put my cracked phone back in my pocket. I feel my way back to the elevator. I go back upstairs and I ask my co-worker where the basement's light switches are. She tells me. So I go back down. Unfortunately, when I go back down, I'm, I'm quickly able to find the lights, and I turn them on, and I don't hear any more phantom voices. Uh, so I grab the box of the Harry Potter stuff, and I run back upstairs. The rest of the night, I'm a little spooked, um, but I, I don't tell any of my coworkers about what happened. Remember, this is just my second week on the job, and I don't want to give any first impressions that I'm sort of some sort of paranoid weirdo or something. That night I had a little trouble getting to sleep, but eventually I did fall asleep, and the next morning, in the cold light of day, it all seemed a lot less scary. Now, if you don't already know this about me, I love scary stuff. Halloween, horror movies, haunted houses, all that. And while I've always been drawn to real-life ghosts, before then I'd never actually experienced any kind of ghost sighting for myself. In a way, I was even jealous of people who did claim to have seen ghosts. So I decided to investigate further. And I'll tell you 
all about the rest of my investigation after we hear from Archana telling us about some of the programs on our October calendar. Archana? Hello, podcast listeners. Wishing all of you a lovely autumn. And to make your fall season just a little bit more interesting, the library has planned some great programs for adults. Here are some highlights for October. We start off on October 3rd with a brief cultural history of dragons at 7 p.m. The history of dragons in myth and legend goes back to the earliest of recorded civilization. How did dragon myths develop? How were dragons presented differently from culture to culture? What similar characteristics persist despite those differences? And how have dragons been presented in more modern books, movies, TV shows and video games? Professor Alexander Clement, Professor of History at the County College of Morris, will help us make these comparisons and help us to better understand our own fascination with these awe-inspiring creatures. Italian composers have long been prominent in the music world. In honor of Italian American Heritage Month, we present Monteverdi to Morricone, Italian composers from the Baroque to the Modern, on October 17th at 7 p.m. This talk by Dr. Robert Butts, musical composer, conductor, and lecturer, that will also include musical excerpts, will help you learn about the impact and contributions of Italian composers like Monteverdi, Vivaldi, Verdi, Morricone, among others. I would also like to take this opportunity to highlight two upcoming daytime programs. Did you know that there are a surprising number of shrubs and plants that showcase their blooms in winter and can liven up your backyard? On October 6th at 2pm, in a program entitled The Winter Garden, you will learn how to make a delightful garden to liven up the dreary winter landscape and how to protect your plants from harsh conditions. In this talk by horticulture expert Mark Sukovic, special attention will be paid to plants that require additional care for winter survival. And slides will be shown of shrubs and trees that exhibit not only winter interest, but beautify multiple seasons as well. Mark will also discuss some hardscape features that can accentuate a winter garden, such as an arbor or landscape lighting. Handouts will accompany the stock and questions are welcomed. On October 20th at 11 a.m., we present Problem Gambling, the Hidden Addiction. Now, gambling disorder, frequently referred to as gambling addiction or compulsive gambling or problem gambling, denotes an almost uncontrollable urge to gamble, despite the consequences it has on one's health, happiness or financial security. Did you know that approximately 1% of the adult population in the United States has a severe gambling problem? In New Jersey, an estimated 2.8% of adults are believed to manifest a gambling problem, whether it be while casino gambling in Atlantic City or betting on fantasy sports from the comfort of one's home. Here to shed light on the issue is Joe Kane, a prevention specialist with the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, who speaks to groups throughout the state on problem gambling awareness. He will discuss the sizable growth of gambling in New Jersey since the legalization of sports gambling in 2018 what the council offers to those struggling with a gambling problem, and will also share his personal journey as a compulsive gambler in recovery. He will discuss the warning signs of the problem and how it often goes undiscovered by family and friends, as the compulsive gambler will often lie and manipulate others and go to great lengths to conceal the addiction from friends and family. We hope to see you at these and other upcoming events at the library in October. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Archana. And now, 
as promised, the conclusion of my Livingston Library ghost story. So, the following Monday, during my next night shift at the library, I go back down to the basement with my newly repaired phone, and as the elevator doors close behind me, I open the voice memo app on my phone and I press record, of course, while keeping all of the lights off. Sure enough, I hear the voice again, whispering the same mysterious word or words, Diamondagas. Once I have my evidence, I go back upstairs to listen to what I've recorded, and here's what I heard. So, after listening to this recording dozens of times, it starts to sound like it's saying the words, Time and the Gods, which I recognized as the title of a 1906 short story collection by the Irish fantasy writer Edward John Morton Drax Plunkett, 18th Baron of Dunsany, also known simply as Lord Dunsany, if you're pressed for time. So my curiosity is Pete, and I go look up the title of that book in our library catalog, and I see that we once owned a copy of that book. But apparently it had been last checked out in October of 1997, 20 years to the day of my first encounter with the ghostly voice. Furthermore, that book had allegedly never been returned and was ultimately declared lost. Now, in the interest of privacy, I cannot reveal the name of the individual who borrowed and ostensibly lost our copy of Lord Dunsany's Time and the Gods, but I can say that some further research in our local history archive informed me that this patron suffered an untimely death in a tragic accident on Halloween night in 1997, which would seemingly explain why that book was never returned. And yet, I couldn't help but wonder if there was more to this story. So following a hunch, I, I go over to our fiction section near the end of the D's uh, to the spot where Lord Dunsany's book would be if it had been returned in a timely manner. And I pull out a handful of books from that spot on the shelf, and wouldn't you know it, hidden behind that handful of books was the very same copy of Time and the Gods that had been checked out in October of 1997 and had been declared missing since. I promptly checked the book back into our system. I retroactively waived any fines which had been accrued on the late borrower's account. And since then, whenever I've gone down to the basement at night in the dark, I must say it has been conspicuously quiet. Well, that's my ghost story. 
Like all ghost stories, you may choose to believe it or not. But there it is. I must also give credit uh, for the stories of the Raritan and Bernardsville uh, Library Ghosts, uh, which I was able to relay thanks to uh, the books Haunted New Jersey, Ghosts and Strange Phenomena of the Garden State. That one's by Patricia A. Martinelli and Charles A. Stansfield, Jr., uh, as well as the book Ghost Hunting New Jersey, written by the very same Laura Hladek Hoffman, um, who I mentioned earlier. And both of those books are available to check out from the New Jersey section of our library in print. And now let's welcome back to the show head of the Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, Jessica, to tell us about some of the books headed to the library in October. Are you excited for new books coming to the library shelves this fall? Mark your calendars and save the date for these reads set to be published in October. Please note that descriptions are taken from the publisher. Mad Honey by Jody Picoult, October 4th. A soul-stirring novel about what we choose to keep from our past and what we choose to leave behind. From the New York Times bestselling author of Wish You Were Here and the bestselling author of She's Not There. Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng, October 4th. From the number one best-selling author of Little Fires Everywhere, a deeply suspenseful and heart-trending novel about the unbreakable love between a mother and a child in a society consumed by fear. Righteous Prey by John Sanford, October 4th. Lucas Davenport and the Virgo Flowers are up against a powerful vigilante group with an eye on vengeance in this stunning new novel from the number one New York Times best-selling author. Voice of Fear by Heather Graham, October 11th. A killer is looking to silence them once and for all. The Favor by Nikki French, October 18th. In this twisty new standalone novel from internationally best-selling author Nikki French, a young woman agrees to do a favor for her first love. But when things go horribly wrong, one small task turns into a murder investigation that completely upends her life, ensnaring her in a deadly web of secrets and lies. It Starts With Us by Colleen Hoover, October 18th. Lily and her ex-husband Ryle have just settled into a civil co-parenting rhythm when she suddenly bumps into her first love, Atlas, again. After nearly two years separated, she is elated that for once, time is on their side, and she immediately says yes when Atlas asks her on a date. But her excitement is quickly hampered by the knowledge that though they are no longer married, Ryle is still very much a part of her life. Livid by Patricia Cornwell, October 25th. In this thrilling installment of the number one best-selling series, Chief Medical Examiner Dr. Kay Scarpetta finds herself in a reluctant star witness in a sensational televised murder trial, causing chaos in Old Town Alexandria with the threat of violent protests. Well, we can't wait to see you down at the library, and we can't wait to hear what you think of these new reads and which reads you're most looking forward to. Stop by the reference desk, say hello, and ask us for a good book. Can't wait to see you there. Thanks so much, Jessica. And now it's that time in the show where we welcome Hong Meng to share a special musical interlude. Sometimes I'm looking for a piece of happy music to cheer me up. I noticed that many pieces of music played by accordion are cheerful, active, and dynamic. After listening to it, I feel that my whole day is full of sunshine. In many countries such as Russian, Brazil, Bosnia, Herzegovina, 
Colombia, and more. You will hear people say the accordion originated in their country. The earliest known evidence of the origin of the accordion was about two hundred years ago, in eighteen twenty-two, by a German music maker. The accordion has spread around the world, and it's quite amazing how it has become so beloved by so many people. Now let's enjoy a happy and cheerful piece of music played by accordion. Very much for sharing that, Hong Mei. That that really did put me in a much happier mood, and and thank you also for sharing all that information about the history of the accordion. I, I didn't know all of that.、Um, the the title of that song, by the way, is Wien bleibt Wien,、uh, which roughly translates to Vienna remains Vienna or Vienna forever, and it is an Austrian march、uh, that is. Been covered far and wide. That particular version was recorded by an artist called De Malandos,、um, and you can find versions of that、uh, to listen to yourself on HoopLaDigital.com using your Livingston Library card. And speaking of music, I want to tell you about a special concert that we have coming up this month. It's going to be on Sunday, October ninth, starting at two p.m. right here in the library. We will be welcoming the Homegrown String Band.、Uh, here's their bio. It's、uh, They are a family band with a unique repertoire of original and traditional music. They bring an American folk tradition into the 21st century. This dynamic trio utilizes an eclectic palette of instruments to add their own musical DNA to an American tradition. Listen to songs by country music legends like the Carter Family, the Delmore Brothers, and Jimmy Rogers, along with a sprinkling of original material inspired by the rural American string band and folk tradition of the 19th, 20th. And 21st centuries, the homegrown string band will take you on a musical journey, from ancient ballads of the British Isles to blues and bluegrass of the 20th century. And if you'd like a little sample of what they sound like, here is a track called "Party in the Hen House," that is from their 2020 album of the same name. Again, that's the homegrown string band, who you can see live in concert 
Sunday, October 9th, starting at 2 p.m. here at the Livingston Library. All right, well, now it's that part of the show where we do a little reader's advisory and offer some personal suggestions for your reading, watching, or listening pleasure. And to kick things off for this segment, we'd like to welcome Jason. He's making his first appearance on L-Town Radio. Jason is our new young adult librarian. He joined us this past summer after the retirement of our former young adult librarian, Karen. So, Jason, what do you have to recommend to us this month? Hi, I'm Jason, the young adult librarian here at Livingston Public Library. Today, I have three books that I recently read and I would love to recommend to you. First is The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. This book is about Natasha and Daniel, two New York City teens with totally different upbringings, personalities, and futures. After they meet by pure happenstance, where will their relationship go? The Sun is Also a Star is a great fast-paced read. The audiobook narration is very good. The book is told from Natasha and Daniel's perspectives, changing each chapter, which could be a deterrent when reading the physical book. Um, but since the speakers changed, I thought it was uh, easy to follow. I would shelve this under romantic fiction, but it isn't overly romanticized. More like fiction with, it, with some romantic elements. The second book is The Book Thief by Marcus Zuzak. This book follows Liesel, a foster child growing up in Germany during pre-World War II. It follows her adolescent years and events such as burying her brother and her quest to learn how to read. Even though you'd think this book was a depressing story, I found the, the mood to be overall positive throughout the book. It goes through a world to through an adolescent's point of view. So for most of the book, she is more worried about her friends and learning how to read than other any of the other big picture events. This book is a long read. I think it was like 12 hours on audiobook, but it made me want to keep on listening. I also felt like a lot of the book was told in mini stories. For example, Liesel at a soccer game would be one chapter while the next chapter would be another event that happened days later. I think that helped the book keep my interest and avoid filler. What make what makes this book stand out is that the narrator is actually death itself, who foreshadows ahead throughout the book. It is worth a read. Finally, my last recommendation is The Woman All Spies Fear by Amy Butler Greenfield. Normally, I am not a nonfiction lover, but this book did a good job of keeping my interest. It is about a codebreaker, Elizabeth Smith Friedman, who becomes a codebreaker during World War I and World War II. It was interesting following her career at a time where women didn't have the same respect as they do today. I listen to all these books through our Libby app, which provides free audio and e-books to all of our patrons with library cards. If you don't already have a library card, come on in and we'll get you set up. Thank you, Jason. And once again, welcome to the L-Town Radio crew. And up next, let's welcome back Jessica. Hello, L-Town Radio listeners. This month, I am super excited to be reading The Matchmaker's Gift by one of my favorite authors, Linda Cohen-Leugman. Linda Cohen-Leugman is the author of two other novels, The Two Family House and The Wartime Sisters. She is joining our Bookish Vibes book club on Wednesday, October 12th at 7 p.m. on Zoom, and I am super excited to be able to discuss The Matchmaker's Gift with her. Here's a brief synopsis from the publisher. Even as a child in 1910, Sarah Gillickman knows her gift. She is a maker of matches and a seeker of soulmates. But among the pushcart crowded streets of New York's Lower East Side, Sarah's vocation is dominated by devout older men, men who see a talented female matchmaker as a dangerous threat to their traditions and livelihood. 
After making matches in secret for more than a decade, Sarah must fight to take her rightful place among her peers and to demand the recognition she deserves. Two generations later, Sarah's granddaughter, Abby, is a successful Manhattan divorce attorney, representing the city's wealthiest clients. When her beloved grandma, Sarah, dies, Abby inherits her collection of handwritten journals recording the details of Sarah's matches. But among the faded volumes, Abby finds more questions than answers. Why did Abby's grandmother leave this library to her, and what did she hope Abby would discover within the pages? Why does the work Abby once found so compelling suddenly feel inconsequential and flawed? Is Abby willing to sacrifice the career she's worked so hard for in order to keep her grandmother's mysterious promise to a stranger? And is there really such a thing as love at first sight? Are you interested in reading more? The library has copies at the patron services desk. Consider joining our book club and register on our website at livingstonlibrary.org to receive the Zoom link to our October 12th meeting. Hope to see you there. Bye. Thank you very much, Jessica. And up next, once again, is Hung Mei. Queen Elizabeth II was admired at home and around the world during her reign. As mourning continues, many people are interested in going deeper into the Queen's long-standing monarch's life. Livingston Public Library has a very good biography of Queen Elizabeth II. The book is listed as number one of the five of the best books about the Queen to read by Harper's Bazaar. It is called Queen of Our Times, The Life of Queen Elizabeth II, written by the acclaimed royal historian Robert Hartman. This is one of the most recent and comprehensive books about the late Queen. Published this year in April 2022, it looks back on a lifetime of achievements and struggles, both personal and public. Rich in new material, wit, and original thought, Queen of Our Times not only gives us the real Elizabeth II, but it also reminds us often movingly, that we're living through one of history's greatest reigns, said Andrew Roberts, New York Times best-selling author of The Last King of America. Queen of Our Times is a must-read biography of Elizabeth II. I highly recommend. Thank you, Hong Mei. As for me, when October comes, of course, I love to get in the spirit of spooky season. And while I love reading horror novels, um, I, I'm especially looking forward this month to reading horror short stories. One, because I want to cram as much spookiness into my life as I can this month. Um, but also, I just feel like when a writer can can really set a mood and get under your skin and and terrify you and or unsettle you, within the confines of a short story. I think that's some of the most remarkable uh, things our writers can do. And so one of the books I am going to recommend is, well, Time and the Gods by Lord Dunsany. Um, as mentioned earlier, we do have a copy of this in our library. It's the only copy in the Buckle system. So you can find it on our shelf here. Um, Lord Dunsany has 
or had an amazing ability to combine kind of dark fantasy and mythology and gothic horror into this really unique style um, that was influential on so many other great writers, uh, most notably H.P. Lovecraft, um, also other far less problematic authors like Neil Gaiman and J.R.R. Tolkien and Ursula K. Le Guin. So Time and the Gods by Lord Dunsany is my first recommendation. There's a couple of other books that I have not read before that I am excited to read. They're both horror short story anthologies by various authors. One uh, just came out this year. It's called Dark Stars, New Tales of Darkest Horror. It's edited by John F.D. Taff, um, and it contains contributions from some writers I love, such as Ramsey Campbell and Alma Katsu, and my probably my favorite horror author right now, Stephen Graham Jones. Um, here's what the publishers have to say about the book on the dust jacket here. Within these pages, you'll find tales of dead men walking, an insidious secret summer fling, an island harboring unspeakable power, and a dark hallway that beckons. You'll encounter terrible monsters, both human and supernatural, and be forever changed. The stories in Dark Stars run the gamut from traditional to modern, from dark fantasy to neo-noir, from explorations of beloved horror tropes to unknown, possibly unknowable, threats. It's all in here because it's all out there now in horror. There is another anthology that was recently published that I am planning to read through this October. It's called Other Terrors, an, in an inclusive anthology. It contains original tales of horror from Tanana Du, Jennifer McMahon, S.A. Cosby, again, Alma Katsu, and again, Stephen Graham Jones, as well as Michael Thomas Ford and Davila Cardinal, among others. And here's the publisher's summary from the back cover. Be they of a different culture, a different background, a different sexual orientation or gender identity, a different belief system or a different skin color, some people simply aren't part of the community's majority and are perceived as scary. Humans are almost instinctively inclined to fear what's different, and there are a multitude of individuals who have spent far too long on the outside looking in. And the thing about the outside is, it's much larger than you think. In Other Terrors, horror writers, many from underrepresented backgrounds, have created stories of everyday people, places, and things where something shifts, striking a deeper, much more primal chord of fear. Are our eyes playing tricks on us? Or is there something truly sinister lurking under the surface of what we thought we knew? And who among us is really the other after all? Again, the title of this anthology is Other Terrors, an inclusive anthology. It is edited by Bram Stoker Award winners Vince A. Liaguno and Rena Mason. All right, well, that'll do it for this October 2022 episode of L-Town Radio. Thank you to Jessica, Hongmei, Archana, and Jason for all your contributions. Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in again next month 
Don't forget, you can listen to and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also follow any one of our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can read our daily blog at blog.livingstonlibrary.org, and you can visit our website, livingstonlibrary.org, to search our catalog or use our many digital resources 24 hours a day. Of course, we're open seven days a week for all your librarian needs, so I hope you'll come down and see us in person. Till next time, stay safe, stay kind, and stay curious.